Christina Alessandri Munoz is co-founder of Bound for Blue, a company that has developed a rigid wing sail systems for boats that helps vessels save on fuel costs by using the wind to boost its engines. All opinions expressed by Christopher Vorname or his guests on this podcast are only their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Vorname. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Christopher Vorname as a specific reason to invest or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This episode is produced by William Fransen. Ship owners and shipping CEOs, they of course want to lower their fuel consumption because it's all about having the lowest cost possible, right? So in your best case scenario, how much you know do you think you can save on fuel consumption if you really get to maximize these renewable technologies like wind, of course, so you guys are working on? So the other day we made a um, uh, preliminary analysis for a gas carrier, a new build, and, and the fuel savings were so big that we, we even didn't uh, consider they were true at that moment. It's like, that's impossible. There's something wrong that we've uh, introduced in our software. And it wasn't. It, they were performing very good routes. They were using the, the highest uh, units of 30 meters high. Um, and they were delivering like 40% fuel savings without using uh, improvements on the routes. So obviously you can improve and, and include weather routing could put up, up to 20% additional over the fuel savings achieved, but we were not adding anything there. So we, it was just because of the proportion delivered by the sales in the sailing area at the speed they were, uh, they were traveling. And, and I think that that's like a very good uh, business case. They were getting like payback below two and a half years which was very, very good. Um, you can go from like 5% in the worst case, even zero. I mean, if you're not using the, the wind or the Mediterranean, it's like very, very bad case, but maybe to 30, that would be something reasonable. Then in an average, like 15, 20% of the energy can be delivered by wind without modifying the routes and so on, like just by sailing as always. When you say modifying and improving the routes for people who aren't familiar with the the case, what do you mean in, in practice? So if you go from port A to port B, you follow a certain route, which is like the normal route you would follow, but then you can like follow the winds like uh, Cristobal Columbus did. And, and obviously you can get better winds, so you can get higher savings if you're just going to catch those best winds. That means you are not just using those winds that are available for you and doing your best with that, but rather going to find those that will really deliver the best proportion. Sometimes that can mean that the, there is an increase on the time to, to get to the place. So there's also an increase of the cost of the, the crew and so on. So you have to really be able to, to match all those things, what you're getting from an additional saving that is not really uh, affecting with the additional increase of the timing. Sometimes if you, you are not in hurry to arrive to the port, it's not the case today, but, but if you are not with this hurry, maybe you can get better, uh, better routes. Sometimes getting better routes does not imply increasing the time because it can enable you to get at the same uh, speed, like at the same uh, time, I would say. So, so yeah, that's the meaning of going and catching like the best routes for you. It's like this way, yeah. yeah. 
perfectly explained. So if you just look at the, the general debate in the shipping industry, there's so many technologies being you know discussed from ammonia, hydrogen, LNG, maybe the safest uh, sort of like risk-free option right now. But in your mind, if you envision the shipping fleet, let's say 10, 15 years from now, because obviously the shipping industry is a bit slow because if you have a new vessel, it's usually you know, going to be here for 20 years, the minimum. So, But how do you envision you know, the future of the shipping fleet? Do you envision a future where it's 100% renewable? Or is it just about you know, having as, being as efficient as possible and using a wide spread of opportunities? Or do you see like a silver bullet or technology where you think like the state-of-the-art vessel should be like this? So I'm one of those who, who thinks that it will be a combination of technology. So it's very difficult for shipping to think only about renewable fuels, because in the end, if you look at the, about the renewable fuels that are produced today, like I think it was around 14%, that was something that Martin Stoffer said in the press conference of the SMM. And it hasn't grown that much. So it's pretty stable, the production of renewable fuels. And if we're trying to think about hydrogen, like more than 95% of this hydrogen, I think it was 97 or 96% of the hydrogen is produced throughout nat gas, natural gas. So, so the problem is that it's not renewable. And what you're only doing is displacing emissions up to the production chain. And, and that is not sustainable. So yes, you're not polluting in the oceans, but you're polluting elsewhere. And, and even I would say not worse, but you're polluting just beside the people too. So, so what, what's the point on that, on, on switching to renewable fuels? And then about the, the effect of having these 14% renewable fuels, the question is, will shipping be able to, to go to the market and be the first ones to get these renewable fuels? And for me, the answer is no. They will not be the first ones to get there. There are also other industries that have much more force to be able to access these renewable fuels. And then another thing is, there's never nothing more sustainable than using wind directly in, in our case, obviously. So if you're thinking about producing maybe hydrogen uh, with the electrolysis of water and the energy from coming from renewable sources like wind, with the wind powers, then there's a loss of efficiency than using it directly. Then you also have to invest a lot in infrastructure and you have like this classic egg and chicken situation. So, what is the fuel of the future and who is going to invest in this infrastructure if the fuel is yet not clear? So, so why am I going to invest so much and then the money to invest in this new infrastructure and also to retrofit the existing fleet? So I would say that it's a combination of a lot of technologies. Wind by itself, obviously you can go with wind like we did centuries ago, but that would have a problem, operational problem in the end, increase of time to deliver those goods. And we as people, we want everything immediately today. Like we want it right now. I've just bought it and in five minutes I want it to deliver. So we cannot sustain this. But we can obviously have technologies today that can make shipping sustainable. So you have wind, it can provide like around 20 to 30 percent of energy required. You have operational changes. So I think it was a colleague who told me like only, but I'm not sure about this, but maybe you should know better than me, but only 20 percent of the fleet is sensorized. So they're getting data, analyzing it and looking at improving the efficiency and with that you can get like obviously not double digit fuel savings but you can save a lot of fuel at the end of the day so it's about adding up a lot of technologies or not it doesn't have to be hardware it can be software new designs and so on and then the rest can be delivered by these renewable fuels or at least be net zero i mean if you want it's not the best solution because as i said it doesn't matter the pollution will be there but i mean 
if there's nothing better in the short run, then that's useful too. And if we're thinking about technologies and just putting all our eggs in one basket because only thinking about renewable fuels, we must think that if we're able to make more efficient our fleet, is, is it with wind? Is it with the software? At the end of the day, we're using less renewable fuels and renewable fuels, the demand will go up, but supply will be tight. And, and in the end, what we're doing is making with these renewable fuels, we're able to decarbonize more ships with this limit amount, rather than if we don't nothing on this fleet to make it more efficient. So if we're able to have less uh, consumption of this fuel, then we have more vessels that can go in, in a renewable way. So in the long run, um, I hope as a world uh, itself uh, that we will achieve this renewable energy at an efficient cost that is sustainable for everyone. Um, in the short run, I think that uh, wind is also there. And in the end, in the future, I mean, these renewable fuels are expected to cost between three and 10 times more. So, so in the end, whatever thing that makes you save this uh, cost is, is, is a good solution also in the long run. But right now, wind is a, a good strategy for, for even wind or software. It's a good strategy for, for ship owners to really decarbonize a little bit more their ships and be able to, to really uh, adapt their fleets to the new regulations. We're coming up with EXI, then CII, and so on and so on. And, and wind is there to, to assist and it's available, it's free. And, and also if you use it, you have this thing that you're not so subject to, to price volatility. You have right now an increase of fuel price today, but wind is free. So you're able to really make it more stable, those operational costs uh, related to the, the rest of the fuel that you're using, because you, one part of this fuel is being delivered by something that is free and it's not volatile. Given this environment, do you feel like people have sort of stopped from only talking about this and, and started to execute it? Or do you still think feels there's like room to grow to execute and really try out this technology, given that you are in so many meetings and, you know, presenting this technology? Because obviously it's been on many slide decks, decarbonization slide is everywhere, right? But do you feel like people are also taking big action on it? Or is it just right now mostly talking? I, I think there's... Um a lot of everything. So at the beginning, it was like more talking, I would say, and like only speaking about digitalization. I was like, okay, let's move forward. So digitalization is okay, let's uh, approach that. Then now sustainability is like the new wave of what every, everyone is talking about. And we're seeing a lot of ship owners like embracing the technology. We had like an increase of 350% of organic inquiries from ship owners in the last uh, quarter, just asking for an invoice, like, well, um, a quotation, not an invoice, a quotation, and 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 really looking forward to to install this type of technology and open. So so that's something very positive. But I'm also like uh, I wasn't in Posidonia, but I read on the maritime news that there were ship owners like saying we will be the last ones to to deploy this type of technology. It's not wind, but like we will wait until everyone or someone proves that uh, this is the technology that uh, will be useful or that is useful, then we will go for it. So not willing to take the risk, I would say. So I think there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of greenwashing, like in all, the, all industries, it's not just about uh, shipping, like people saying they want to be sustainable, they have a lot of benefits and maybe they're not investing in sustainable solutions and taking a little bit of risk. Um, but there are others that are pushing 
So I think that's pretty similar to what's happening in other industries. Uh, I think it's not just about shipping. It's, it's generally speaking, you always have like the first early adopters, then you have these uh, adoption technology, then you have the late laggards. And, and that's a natural thing. Not, not all the industry will be uh, open to, to install uh, novel technology. It's something normal. I, I, I wouldn't bother about it too much. What I'm seeing throughout all this journey since we started is a very big transition. So I was in 2020 speaking about wind and it was in the also an advanced press conference of the SMM, which was later was postponed, but, but I was speaking about wind and then I came in 2022 again and everyone was speaking about wind, not only me. So that was very useful and, and very good to see like that the, the, really the, the industry is moving. I would love to see it moving at a much faster pace, maybe because I'm, I'm younger and I'm much more energetic and I want to see the changes from one day to another. I don't know, maybe it's me, myself, because I want to see these changes uh, going very fast. Um, but I think changes are, are going, going on and, and the industry is moving forward a lot, like generally speaking. Just one last question on, on the product side, because I, I thought about it just recently, and that is uh, in terms of the design, right? Because if you look at Tesla case study, it actually proved that one of the key insights was that people actually care about how a sustainable car or vessel, I guess, look, right? So how important has it been to create something that actually looks good on the on the ship as well? Has it not been a focus at all? Or do you think like design actually matters that people want to install these pretty, you know, visible sails on their ships? So for us, it was the first thing was safety. So we wanted to build something that was safe. And, and then we, we started engaging with the class societies and following all the more strict regulations that the, they were launching. So safety was the utmost important thing for us. Um, the aesthetics was also important. So we were not going to set anything that was ugly by itself. Uh, but that was not the, the, the first thing. Uh, we realized that the industry where we were approaching our product, uh, obviously, everyone loves to see nice things. I myself love art by itself. So, so I understand that people want to see beautiful things like Apple and, and so on, but it was not the most important thing. The most important was safety, that it delivered these results, that it was practical, so it was autonomous, that it didn't imply additional costs, low operating expenses, blah, blah, blah. Then moving forward, statics. And if safety was first and something was not that static because of safety, safety went first. So, so that was like our, our, our way of thinking. So something that was useful that, uh, and safe and that did deliver results at an economical way of, of approaching the technology. Because sometimes, as I said before, you think about sustainability and you think it will be expensive. So uh, one of the most important things for us was not making this technology expensive. So being able to, to really nail all the mechanisms, the manufacturing costs and so on. And then in the end, making it nice. So yeah, of course, of course. And I think by itself, these types of technologies are nice. They, they are good looking. So there are like less than 16 vessels in the world uh, with this type of technologies. And, and that's cool. I mean, they're special. So, so we still have a lot of work to do to have like all the fleet as, or, or as much uh, vessels as we can with uh, our technology installed with wind power. But, uh, but in the end, they look nice. If you like this episode and the content we produce, you need to check out our newsletter called the Fransen and Wohnheim Letter. You can find more information in the show notes. And also, if you want to see this episode, 
head over to my YouTube channel. Just type in Christopher Vonheim. See you next time.